Charlotte. And I'm Helly and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but they can help us all to grow. In each episode, we spend some time catching up and sharing something we've loved from the past few weeks, whether that's a podcast episode, a movie, a book, or maybe even a recipe. And then we go on to discuss something that we feel is really important to things that are going on right now. Often the types of things that maybe a lot of people are thinking about, but aren't actually having the conversations about. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on and leave us a five-star review because it really does make a difference. So happy Friday, my love. How are you doing? Happy Friday. I'm good. I'm doing very good. I The big news for me this week is I did go and see Spider-Man after your <gasps> kind of recommendation to see it last week and I loved it and I cried a lot. <laughs> I didn't cry because I really thought I was going to but I definitely welled up a few times I thought I would be sobbing because that's just me um but isn't it amazing I loved it I think they did it so so well yeah I thought it was fantastic well worth going to see and it was our first time going to the cinema since October 2019 so that in itself was just like a really fun experience for us to do after (laughs) two and a half years or whatever it is nice to see stuff like that in cinema, isn't it? I feel like it adds to the experience a bit. It's just, I do love going to the cinema. I mean, it's so expensive to go, but I do love going to the cinema and it's been so long. So it's a good, good first movie back. So I think I've told you this already, but I feel like everyone listening will appreciate this piece of information as well. But I found out this week that between, on the 6th of February, there will not be a sunset before 5pm until the end of October. Oh my God, I and that. as two people who are obsessed with daylight and light evenings, I just feel like that's something we need to take a moment for. I'm so excited. I have noticed this week when we've been going out for evening walks that it is, well, it's not dark when we get home, which is a nice, mm. nice feeling. But I cannot wait for the longer days. It has been great, but it is just that January feel. I feel like it's always, I'm not as bothered by it at Christmas because you're so busy with everything going on. Mm. But once January hits, I do find you're just really waiting for those longer days. Yeah, I feel like January is just a bit of a dull month, isn't it? Like, especially at this point in the month where you're like, right, okay, we're still in January. (laughs) Yeah, it is such a long month. Um, But what have you been up to? How's your week been? (laughs) really honestly not a lot um but that's been quite nice but I've still been trying to like fill my days with nice stuff like going to the gym to some classes I've not tried before and like having some really nice meals one thing that I've done this week that um I saw on Instagram I think it was Sophie Edwards um who is just a lovely human being and I'll leave a link below she was saying how um she started having comfort meals on a Tuesday evening because Mondays are like not great but you've kind of just had the weekend and you've kind of got that new week feeling whereas Tuesday you are miles from the weekend it feels like you've been working for days already um and how actually like if you're going to have like a nice meal that's maybe a bit more indulgent or just like a bit more special do it on a Tuesday oh I like that we did it this week we have pie and mash the pie minister pies are just wonderful side note um and do you know what? It was so lovely because it made like a bit of a moment out of a regular Tuesday evening. Mm. Um, and I just thought it was the loveliest idea because she's right, like, Tuesdays are a bit naff, really. Yeah. 
Yeah, that is a good idea. I quite like that, especially in the winter when you want a bit more comfort food. Although yeah. I'll tell you something I do feel like you're going to judge me for. Probably everyone's <laughs> going to judge me for. Um, last night, we opened a bottle of Prosecco that was my graduation bottle of Prosecco. <laughs> so it's uh, nearly seven years old. I can tell you, Prosecco does ferment. I was going to say, <laughs> did it? what did it taste like? Like apple juice. Like, oh. It was a very odd taste I can't say personally that I enjoyed it too much um but we're doing the same with a bottle of moe tonight that's about the same age so we're uh, can only get better <laughs> <laughs> oh, can we also take a moment this is just gonna make me sound a bit like a dick but I this blows my mind every time I always call it moe but it's moet yeah you told me this last year and I just I can't deal with it because I've called it moe my whole life it goes very against like my knowledge of French but it's not, I don't think it's French, is it? I don't know. I mean, it must be, actually. As I'm it sounds that. French. Well, if but it's champagne, it has to be. Yeah. I don't, it's, but I didn't know this too. I think it was the Hilo did like a, they sponsored the Hilo, which side note, what a career highlight there. That's um, amazing. And they said Moet and Chandon. And I was like, oh my God, it's, if they've pronounced it wrong and they're doing an ad, being like the arrogant little brat that I am. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh my god and I just can't in my I still call it moe but it just blows my mind I can't deal with that no it's bizarre right well that just tells you how classy we are because we're drinking an old bottle of moe and I'm calling it moe instead of moet so clearly I'm not a moet drinker (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't I feel like most people call it moe um and then there's the other one that I can't pronounce. I always want to call um, Vive, which is, is obviously not how you... Like the Verve ver- Clico one? Clico? Yeah, oh, and God. I always want to call it Vive. <laughs> we oh, are clearly uh, champagne connoisseurs. But this goes back to that thing. I remember you saying this to me ages ago, how like you should never judge someone if they pronounce something wrong. So if they've only ever read it, how are they to know? Yeah, okay. if someone pronounces something wrong, it means that they've only seen it in writing, which I think is really important to remember before you ever like take the mick out of someone for pronouncing something wrong. I used to think Hermione was pronounced um, Hermione. That sounds very uh, chic. <laughs> Hermione, darling. Hermione. <laughs> oh, I want to know what are the words that no, like other people can't pronounce, like or they know they pronounce them wrong but they can't get over it in their own minds. Like, but yeah, I'm fascinated. Please do share listeners because I just think it's quite entertaining to find out. Um, I also find real comfort in the fact that like, I'm not the only one because I always thought I was the only one who pronounced everything wrong. Um, oh yeah, same. There's always stuff that we all find out we don't pronounce wrong, like me and Goujons and Coujons. Oh, this is one of my favorite things you ever said to me. <laughs> we were at uni and I called chicken goujons chicken coujons and the girls were all like sorry what and my whole life like I confronted my mum about this and she was like I knew I just called them coujons I don't know if that's true or not but um, (laughs) I've been calling them coujons my whole life and it wasn't until I got to university when I was 18 years old and I just never even thought to look at the packet, you know, just chuck them in, cook them, whatever. 
And it turns out that they're goujons and not goujons. I mean, that's so, not even a mispronunciation because that's actually a different letter. <laughs> I um, I never knew until I was a similar age, actually, that you pronounce it potpourri and not potpourri. <laughs> Oh, I remember us discovering that as well. And oh, I was I was at Helly's and I was I was in her bathroom and I knocked over a bowl and it was full of potpourri and I left the bathroom and I was like, Helly, I'm so sorry it's not your potpourri everywhere, but I'll pick it up. And she's like, my what? <laughs> <laughs> and I just like, I'd only, I think it's because my parents called it potpourri that I assumed it was potpourri. And even now, and I know how you pronounce it, I call it potpourri. It's like too... <laughs> it's just ridiculous oh, on um on that note on that note do you want to show your recommendation, recommendation? oh no you go first. you go first <laughs> okay um I feel like this is maybe a segue I don't know um which is also a weird word sigu but segue yeah I anyway. say it in my head sigu now I know that it's like written sigu I call I say sigu in my head but anyway <laughs> My recommendation this week is a book um, and it's called Luster by Raven Leilani. And um, this is on my list. I have wanted to read this book for so long. So it was long listed for the Women's Prize for Fiction in 2021. Um, Barack Obama listed it as one of his favourite books of 2020 because it, it was uh, Raven's debut novel in 2020. Um, and then like, Candice Carty-Williams, Zadie Smith have praised it. Her writing got compared to Toni Morrison and Vladimir Nabokov, which blew my mind for like a debut novel. And I will caveat it by saying it is not like your average commercial fiction, which I mean, I guess you can kind of tell like when it gets listed for those big prizes and stuff, it is slightly like, I don't know. I feel like you can expect something slightly different, Mm -hmm. but it is a really interesting, like there's, there's no like, big finale or like big overarching plot but the writing is stunning like if you can really appreciate writing the writing is so so beautiful the way she writes I was just like captivated in the book and it kind of looks at racism like sex sexism capitalism and it's primarily focuses on Eddie who is the main character and it's this millennial struggle she lives in New York. She's kind of in a dead end job in an all white office. And she's, well, she feels like she's sleeping with all of the wrong men, but she feels like that's something that she can't change because that's that's where she's ended up. And this is what life has given her. And it's a really interesting look at kind of the constant changes and like shifts of sexual and racial politics, especially as a young black woman. And I've read a lot of reviews that are saying, oh, this is the millennial struggle, but there's obviously the really important issue of race involved in this. And she mm-hmm. ends up falling for a guy who is a middle-aged white man who lives in suburban New Jersey. And he's in an open marriage and she, th- through her circumstances, ends up moving into his family home where he has an adopted daughter who is black. And the story as it progresses from there is just fascinating so so interesting it's just this black woman trying to survive trying to kind of find meaning and find love and find progress when things are so challenging kind of a 21st century world I think there's a lot of things that are relatable in it and also so unrelatable at the same time that made it a really good read and I feel like I'm not 
I'm being a bit like elusive about this, but there's not one specific thing that you're like, whoa, that's a really amazing book. I think it's just a really well-written mm. and interesting book to read. It doesn't sound like anything else I've really heard of as well. Like there's, I think there are s- stories that focus on like the black experience in a white workplace, especially in big cities, like the other black girl and um, Queenie, which side note has been turned into a TV show and I'm buzzing for that. Mm. Um, but the whole experience of like falling for someone in an open marriage and the dynamics there, that sounds really interesting. Um, and I quite like stories that don't necessarily have like a big moment, like a big overarching thing in them. Um, and there's something really nice about almost learning someone else's day-to-day life. So yeah, I will put that on my list. Yeah, it definitely addresses a lot. Like even the way it addresses things like their age gap or her relationship that she had with her parents and her like craving for stability and craving for not just like the relationship with the guy that she's like sleeping with but also like female friendships and how the dynamic is when she moves into a house and is able to not only like support the the black daughter and like the black daughter's never had a hair done properly before and she's able to help her with that but then also the friendship that she kind of the weird kind of friendship that she makes with the wife as well it's really really interesting I'm moving up my list (laughs) What's your recommendation this week? So mine is, I don't know what you'd call it, like a show on Netflix. I think I'm very late to the party here, as per, but I watched Call to Courage by Brené Brown on Netflix last week. Um, And I've always been very interested in Brené Brown's work, but not necessarily engaged with it. So it's been really nice to actually throw myself in a bit, start reading her books, listen to a few podcasts she's done. But this is on Netflix and it's so easy to access to anyone with a Netflix account. But also I think you can probably find it elsewhere on the internet if you look for it. And essentially it's a talk she did in Houston a couple of years back. And she talks about courage and vulnerability and shame and joy and how all of these things interlink and how you need to be courageous to live your most like full and wholehearted life and as a society we often think of vulnerability as weakness and being brave as being courageous but actually they're so closely linked it's absolutely fascinating it's beyond inspiring the way she talks about these things is so human and relatable um which I think is so important when you're talking about vulnerability but she also is very open to sharing things in her own life, particularly where she has maybe misread situations with her partner or her kids. And she kind of shares it and you almost go, oh, I'm not the only one who does that. Um, and yeah, she's just completely like the best vibes when you watch her. And I think she makes topics that feel really scary and intimidating feel more accessible. And like mm. you can embrace them a bit. Um, if you're familiar with her work, you probably have seen this or you've, you, you're very familiar with the ideas, but it's the kind of thing I've watched once and I'm going to start putting on in the background because I think the more times you listen to it, you don't need to sit down and like watch it, you can just listen to it. Um, but the more times you listen to it, the more it's just going to cement in your mind. And there are some really powerful things in there that she says. I've not actually watched 
the show on Netflix. It's been on my list for ages, but I've um, read some of her things like over the last couple of years. I do absolutely love her. I think, like you said, she makes these topics that one, you don't realize other people are experiencing things the way that she describes them, but also she makes them just so much more accessible. I think it's, yeah, yeah. I think she's really interesting and really cool, cool person. Really cool. But I also think there's almost like a, she's very gentle in how she shares these really big and overwhelming ideas. So mm. you completely feel like you are empowered to actually take action. I think sometimes when you hear these sorts of ideas or like you have, like, I guess it's not philosophers, but it's like modern thinkers or whatever you want to call them with these like groundbreaking ideas that really are, really can change your life. You almost feel like they're telling you, you have to do it. And mm. there's just something about the way she delivers it and how kind of down to earth she is and very, very like willing to share her stories and her experience you're like oh my god I'm not the only one like she talks about how um when she and I genuinely thought I was the only person who did this now I'm like of course I'm not the only person but when she feels extreme joy she instantly then gets that thought of like I'm gonna lose it all and she told a story about how when her daughter was leaving her prom she felt so incredibly happy and then within 10 seconds she's like oh my god they're gonna get killed in a car crash and She's like, I'm standing there. She kind of laughs at herself, not because it's funny, but because you kind of almost recognize like how in our own heads we are as human beings, because she genuinely thought she was the only one doing this. And then it's like that process of going, no, no, this is actually like, there's a reason behind these feelings that we feel. And it's, yeah, it's very comforting. And I really appreciate the vulnerability she shows. I need, I do need to watch her show i'm trying to finish another show at the moment which is probably going to be next week's recommendation after that i'm going to watch this <laughs> i'm excited to hear what that will be but yeah i think if, especially if you're a fan of brené brown's work you'll love it but if you're if you've never really engaged with her stuff before this is a really great entry point i think mm, yeah definitely so in this week's episode we wanted to have a bit of a chat about careers we've not spoken about careers and work for quite a while but we wanted to speak about the advice we wish we had known sooner. Um, when you start out in your career or when you're a bit younger, I, I mean, I think it's very common for us to have a very set idea of how it's going to go, what we want to achieve, and almost naively assume that it's going to be quite a linear path. I don't know if that's whether it's kind of influenced by the fact that our parents' generation had a more linear career path and had that kind of job for life structure, or whether we just don't know that there are other ways to do things but we wanted to discuss the advice we wish we'd known sooner because it's still really relevant regardless of your age or your point in your career or how you feel generally I think it's just a nice conversation to have yeah I really like this topic because I think it is I mean it's hindsight's twenty twenty, isn't it like there's so many mm. things that I know now that I know we've both discussed before and I, I wish 18 year old me 21 year old me when I left uni I wish I'd known some of these things now and I do think even if you hear them now you do need a certain amount of experience in them before you realize them I do think that's yes. like I remember people saying to me that when I was at uni uni is not the be all and end all but at the time you're so in it you're like oh my god I have to I have to go to uni I have to get these grades and now I'm out of it I realize 
there are so many amazing career paths you can go into and so many amazing things you can do without having to go to uni and I guess that's probably the main first point that I want to say that you don't have to have a university education in order to to have a career yeah I couldn't agree with that more like some of the people I work with either don't have university degrees or they have like they've just had different experiences and they've worked and they've worked up where they are in different ways and never have I thought oh my god they're not good enough or they're not qualified because they don't have a degree like everyone's going to come to where they are in different ways and I actually think that's a really valuable thing because it the more experiences you have the more enriched an environment is right like Mm. we we both went to schools that were very much like you have to go to uni this is the only option if you don't do this you have failed and I think that's a really harmful way of approaching these things because it it doesn't give you the freedom to maybe try something different and allow yourself to be successful in different ways yeah I mean and it tells young people who haven't had the world experience yet that there is only one route to success and I think that's also Mm. really harmful and also from the other angle of this as well if you have gone to university and I also think this applies to exams to a certain extent but you will reach a point where your skills and your knowledge become more valuable than the university qualification that you have on paper and I think I'd say the same for exams to a certain extent obviously I'm not saying like don't pay attention in school and not like take advantage of the education that you're given but there are so many routes into so many different careers and they don't require you to have straight A's and A stars at your GCSEs and A levels. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's it's the idea that you don't just have one shot. I think that's the thing, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like yeah. even, even when you start in a job, things might not go well to begin with or you might feel like you're in the wrong place, but you don't just have one shot to be successful um, and to get to where you want to be like and I think when you realize that it's like a much more enjoyable experience yeah I I absolutely agree and kind of off the back of that that I know we've discussed before but another piece of advice um I know we've definitely both realized is to be open-minded about what jobs might come your way because the job that's right for you might not even exist yet and I know that you're like especially really passionate about that because of the career that you're in now Oh yeah, definitely. And I think, especially when I was younger, there was a very set path of like the jobs you could do. And there's no disrespect to those jobs. I think they're genuinely brilliant. But I think if you focus too much on that and then they're not the things you're drawn to or you're in a career that you don't feel really passionate about now, just being like open to the fact that something might come along, like you've kind of got to go and seek it out to an extent and look into things and just have an open mind of like okay maybe that isn't the job title I thought I would have but actually it's the job I want and Mm. you never know how things are going to change like when you just think about how the landscape of work has changed in the past two years it's phenomenal and Mm. yes there's a lot about that that's quite scary and there's a lot of uncertainty but I think it goes to show that things can change quickly and having that open mind and it's not even necessarily to go after a industry that's very new or doesn't exist yet but also if you're in a job and you're not happy being open-minded if someone maybe approaches you about a job or you see something different come up like 
you don't quite know how your career is going to pan out. And I think if you kind of have that idea of I'm just going to stick to this very like straight line of how I want to go about things, you can miss out on some really great opportunities. Um, and yeah, also, I, I think that open-mindedness goes for like, you can learn something from every job and from every team you're part of. And I think that's really important, even if it's not the right place for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say another bit of good advice is even if you don't like the job, there's definitely always something that you can learn from it. Even yeah. if that thing that you learn is that that job is not right for you. Yes. Like I read a um, I read an article a couple of weeks ago and someone was saying how they'd they basically had thought this one thing was their dream job all the way through school and university and they tailored all of their qualifications and they landed their dream job and they realized that they hated it and they were absolutely kicking themselves for it like so angry with themselves it felt like they'd wasted their their life I think it was an advice column actually because then there was a response and it said you've not wasted this time because you have learned that this isn't right for you and now you can look at what has felt wrong and find alternatives that might be better suited like you are still learning something from it yeah it's like that age-old thing isn't it of when you start again you're not starting from zero you're starting from having all the experience you've had and Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we think oh I'm doing x now and that isn't transferable or isn't relevant to this other thing I want to do but there will always even if it's like your work ethic and how you approach tasks and how you learn and how you do or don't want to be as a team member that's so valuable to learn about yourself and you never know when those skills skills are going to come back up like I think we've all been at work and kind of had that moment where you think oh god this is such a like niche and useless thing that I'm doing a couple of years later you're in another situation and someone's like oh can you do a lookup for me quickly and you're like actually I can um, and it's that sort of thing where you're like, you don't know the value something's going to have for you almost until the moment's passed so don't see it as wasted opportunity or wasted time because it really isn't yeah everything you learn and every skill that you acquire or develop in a job like you don't leave that skill behind when you leave that job it's something that you will take to your next job and especially especially if you're in what this applies to if you're in corporate or if you're in a customer facing like retail or hospitality role especially in those roles where there's a lot of um like teamwork a lot of communication skills things like that are universal skills they will be applicable to so many jobs and even if you've come from a job you hate those skills that you've used and developed in that place are still going to be used probably in every other career that you continue to go even skills like organization if you're really good at managing your time or tracking the work that you do you can do that anywhere and it's a really great skill to have yeah like that's never going to do you a disservice Mm. and I think it's there's a really important thing as well like and I know we've spoken about this before as well and we feel very passionate about it but it's okay to change your mind it's totally okay to go after a career path or a job and think it's going to be great and then go this isn't right for me and I I think it's becoming so much more acceptable now to have those kind of squiggly zigzag careers um and it's becoming more normal and slightly easier to do as well I think because people are more open to hiring people who don't necessarily have the normal um qualifications or route to something but 
you might not realize what is or isn't right for you for a long time, but also you change as a human being. So how could, I almost think when we, we have a bit of a habit of criticizing ourselves when we change our mind, but how is 18 year old you and 38 year old you meant to be completely aligned on what they want to do? And you might be, and that's great. And that's not to say you haven't grown, but I think if you reach a point where you go, oh God, I'm not sure this is right. That's, don't be hard on yourself. Like embrace that and see it as an opportunity because of course you've changed through life and that's totally mm. fine. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think a big bit of advice, this is a difficult one because I don't want to say this and people take it the wrong way, but linked to what you're saying there about like squiggly careers and not having one set like linear trajectory and like side note we've spoken about this before episode 101 is portfolio careers so if that's something that kind of you're thinking about go and listen to that episode um but a bit of advice that I would give on that is that portfolio careers are so much more common now and it is completely normal to spend a year or two in one job and then move to another job and the advice kind of linked to that is your parents might not be right if they say you need to stay in a career for your whole life I'm not saying don't listen obviously other people's opinions especially people that really care about you and that you care about obviously their opinions are important but I think there is a big difference in how our parents generation and how our generation see Mm. careers because for our parents it was hugely beneficial to stay with the same company in the same career for 40 years the benefits were amazing they were really looked after there was great yeah. progression opportunities and those things don't exist for us in the same way that they did for them and yeah. I think we have to recognize that we can gain a lot more from those sideways shifts into different careers different industries or whatever it may be and a portfolio career a, a squiggly career whatever you want to call it is absolutely nothing to be ashamed of and don't let people's especially older generations opinions of that necessarily like force you to stay in a job that especially if it's a job you really really hate yeah I think that's so true like they I think these comments come from such a good place absolutely Um, I know that both of us have kind of run into that thing of changing careers and not even parents but people who are older in our lives have kind of done that thing of like oh and it does make you question whether it's the right thing, but mm. you know in your gut what's right for you. And I think sometimes taking that leap of faith um, can be really important. We've spoken about it. Oh, but I, I'm not organized enough to know what episode number it is, I'm afraid. But we'll I only knew that because someone asked me about it literally yesterday and I went and found it for them. I don't <laughs> store all the episode numbers in my head. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. But we've done an episode very early on about why it's okay to quit your job, um, which... I would love to revisit at some point because I think that is such a big discussion, but you can, you can change dogs, you can change your mind and you don't have to suddenly like throw everything away. It could be like, oh, I'm going to move from one area of something to another. And it's more that sideways move rather than a upwards or downwards move. Um, And we attach a lot of like our worth, especially in like our society to your career and your perceived success and your job title and how much you're earning but there's no shame in 
taking a job that's potentially a lower rank or a lower pay grade if you know that actually that's better fitted for you and that will get you on a path where you where you are happier and that you it's like the right direction for what you want to achieve and there's something really Mm -hmm. important about just reminding yourself that and doing it with quite a bit of compassion as well I think yeah I think there's two bits of advice I'd say from that one don't stay don't stay in a job because you think that leaving will make your resume look bad that kind of links to the portfolio career thing but I would say make a plan first like we're not it's absolutely okay to quit your job just have a a plan before you do I know the fear is a really great way to uh provoke you into action but um obviously we all we all have bills to pay and responsibilities and I think that's really important to to say but also really interesting what you were saying about if you take a, a pay cut or things like that I'd written down a bit of advice that said you don't have to take the promotion and yes. I think it's people think that oh you have to progress in a career you have to keep moving forward there's this weird like societal pressure on that but if you know that a promotion for you yes the money might be more if that's a priority for you then obviously that's great but if you know that it's not where you want to be or it's too much stress don't let your employer make that decision for you it's yes. it really has to be an assessment of your current life situation and will this new job role with more money but also more responsibility be right for me I couldn't agree more just because an opportunity is presented you don't have to take it and it's okay to consider whether or not you really want it um and I just think that's so important because it's that thing of like once you've once you've said yes it's so much harder to go back like taking that time to consider and think actually whether it Mm. is what you want is so important um and I also think it's a good example to set as well like we always say oh people who just go for it and continuously progress is a really great example I think there's something to be said as well for people who take it a bit slower and go actually this isn't right for me um because that requires a real sense of self and a real awareness of what actually is important to you. So like, off the back of what you were saying there, I think when I was trying to think about this episode and what advice I would give, obviously I've changed how I work my work structure recently. And I think it's a quote, but work to live and not live to work. And you're yeah. going to spend the most significant portion of your life working. Being unhappy is not a job requirement. And if that means... Yeah you don't take a promotion or you work less hours a week or you find a way to make it work around your kids school pickup or whatever it might be oh you don't you don't live just to be a job's body like it's yeah work work to yeah. live and create the life that you want not allow your job to dictate your life is I really my... I really agree and I think, of course, that takes a certain level of privilege to be able to do that. But just Absolutely, because it's yeah. not, if just because it's not something that's open to everyone doesn't mean that you shouldn't pursue it if it is open to you. Mm-hmm. Like that everyone benefits from having happy and kind of satisfied colleagues because you will in turn become someone who is better to work with. And there's something about like normalizing a conversation as well there that I think would be really great to discuss at another point but um yeah I I really agree at the end of the day like you know time is limited being miserable isn't a prerequisite and I think we've got into a habit of 
everyone oh i hate work um and that's legitimate to be unhappy in your job but it doesn't mean you can't change it um the other thing i wish i'd understood when i was younger is and thing i have to remind myself of now is that you can stand up for yourself and do it in a way that's respectful and doesn't burn bridges because industries are small like Mm -hmm. you never know when you're going to bump back into someone um and you don't want to go around burning bridges and pissing people off but by the same measure that doesn't mean that you have to be walked over it doesn't mean that you have to have people disrespect you or that you have to be okay with it if someone speaks to you or expects something of you that you're not happy with and it's a hard balance to find and I think it's very different for every situation but it is definitely possible yeah another thing that I'd say is really important is you can't fake tenure and it's easy to get wrapped up in that like need for progression and what am I doing next where's my next pay rise where's my next promotion but there are some things that will just take time I mean obviously it depends it massively varies industry to industry but I think it's really important to everyone will get to it eventually but you'll reach a certain point where you realize you do just need the tenure for that next stage that you're looking for and that is totally okay yeah it doesn't mean that you're not progressing it doesn't mean that you're not doing exciting things in your job or that you can't take on new opportunities but yeah that you, you so often you only learn by things coming up and having experiences and it's hard if you're an impatient person <laughs> but I think it's quite comforting to remember that sometimes you just have to be patient and lean into it and actually that can lead you to do really cool things that you really enjoy within your career like it doesn't always have to be the rat race to get to the next step you can enjoy where you are yeah Another thing I'd say as well is extracurricular activities will always give you talking points. I cannot count how many times I've done a job interview and we've ended up talking about the travel that I've done, the sport that I do, like anything that I do outside of even now it's talking about the blog. It's talking about the podcast. People love to see that you have other experiences and you aren't just your job or aren't just your career. And I think it's a really great way to show your personality in a way that will still contribute to their mm. to their judgment of you and whether you're suitable for the job. Because I think it shows that you're a very well-rounded person. So don't quit your hobbies, basically. Yeah, I really agree with that. And I think it's, there's an element where you're like, oh God, I don't want to talk about me, me, me all the time. But people are genuinely interested. Like if I find out that someone is a runner and they run marathons, that to me is like incredible because I could never imagine doing something like that. And it mm. allows for a different type of conversation. And yeah. for a more like, I don't think you have to be best friends with everyone you work with, but having a friendly relationship with people can be really beneficial, especially in a work environment. And I think that sort of thing kind of helps with that. Yeah, I agree. Do we want to move on to some of the submissions that we had from people as well? Do you want to start? Okay, so the first uh, submission that I had was work isn't everything prioritize a work-life balance and never let that slip yeah that links to a, a lot of what we've said already but it is so so important like yeah. like we said your life isn't just about working you you have a life to live as well and enjoy yeah that's really similar to another one we have that don't that said don't let work ruin your well-being and put yourself first and I yeah. think it's really easy to think oh god no I just gotta keep going but yeah I loved that it's so true 
Yeah, I think that links to another one that I've just, and I don't know why I didn't think of this before, but do not, like, a, a job shouldn't be at the detriment of your mental health. That kind of links to it. But if it is, it, there's some assessment that probably needs doing on whether it's right for you. Yes, totally. Someone else said progression doesn't have to mean upwards. And I really like that too. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. I think it goes back to that being open-minded thing, doesn't it? Like there are other opportunities that might arise that don't like the traditional progression, but that doesn't by any means mean that they're not good or like perfect for you. Yeah, and it's okay to move sideways into a different role mm. or even in a different industry. Like that's yeah, it's still pro- it's still progression if it's a move that makes sense for you to go to next. It's it's the progression that's right for you. Yeah, definitely. I really agree with that. Um, so someone else said um, they'd read something about how who you are at work frames who you are at home and having only one work environment for a prolonged period of time could mean that you're missing out on growth in who you are and who you become outside of work and I think this ties into a lot of discussions we've had before about the growth that you can get if you push yourself outside of your comfort zone yeah that's so interesting isn't it because I don't think I've ever really thought of it like that before but it's so true like you learn a lot about yourself when you're in a bit of an uncomfortable position and often starting a new job is a bit uncomfortable. And I really like that. I don't think it means that if you do stay in a role for a long time, that you hamper your own progression, but it's almost like an additional benefit, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think we've said before, like if you feel bored or like things are a bit stale, then maybe that is an indication. Obviously, if you feel like you're growing and you're happy in a role, but I do agree that you spend so much of your time in work obviously that is going to affect who you become outside of work as well so I guess evaluating if it's a healthy environment for you more generally because that will define who you are as a person to a certain extent yeah definitely and if you're unhappy then it's hard not to let that bleed over into your personal life Mm -hmm. especially now so many more of us work from home like the line is so blurred yeah I couldn't agree more absolutely So the last one, which is a really nice one to end it on because it was kind of a more positive spin on advice. And someone said, you you might not meet your people or your best friend until you start your career. And I think that's really true. And it is really underrated. People expect that you meet your best friends when you're younger, but you can genuinely have a really great relationship with people that you work with. Mm. Yeah, and also the people you work with every day, like it's it's wonderful if you can get on well with them and your closest friends and like they're the type of people you want to hang out with, like because it makes working more fun. And yeah. I also think it's really interesting how to have like work, like work colleagues first, friends second in like the order of how you know people, because it sets a very different tone for a friendship. Like, mm. and I think that's just really wonderful. And it's a really cool thing to experience. And yeah, that's such a lovely way to look at it. Um, and I guess it goes back to, again, like being open-minded. Like you might start a job and think, oh my God, I don't know anyone. This is really like stressful and intimidating, but you never know who you're going to meet. Yeah, I might meet that. your best friend. Yeah, I like that yeah. a lot. I feel like that ends this episode really nicely. Um, but 
if any of you guys have any questions or anything else you'd like to submit for this episode we love talking about career related things so please please do drop us a message with any of the details down in the show notes we'll be back next week with an episode on toxic positivity so if you have any questions or thoughts on this please do get in touch on our instagram page or via our email address in the show notes because we really want to hear your thoughts it's something that feels really relevant to a lot of stuff that's happened online recently and particularly at this time of year so we're excited to have that conversation but in the meantime please stay safe stay well and we will speak to you soon bye bye